0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. How are you doing today? Markets appear to be a little more stable than they were last week. Stocks have opened higher after the big sell-off that lasted all week last week. Are we a little overdone maybe in the short term? But we're going to keep talking about this. Do you like sell-offs or not? I kind of do. If it doesn't lead to the end of the world. The problem is a lot of people start thinking this is going to lead to the end of the world. Roller coaster action has been seen in the NASDAQ, the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Futures overnight, they opened at 6 p.m. Sunday evening. And uh, at one point, now, I was like, ooh, looks like we're going to be down big tomorrow. And then a little bit later, on the same page, ooh, futures are pointing higher. In the end, this is going to be a process, so due to the nature of the situation we're in, it's going to be probably a month-long process, uh, and we don't know when to start the clock on that. Yields have continued to drop along with the yield curve about the worries of the adverse economic effects of the spreading coronavirus. There were more cases in the United States diagnosed. And I think we're up to two whole deaths at this point in time. People are freaked out. 10-year treasury continues to tell me that the worst is yet to come. Or something bad is is coming. 10-year treasury sits at 1.08. I don't think we could rally when the 10-year treasury is that low. Just my opinion. I think we could have intraday moves, but, uh, not much else. So push it along. Uh, Central banks, how hard are they going to come out swinging to say that they're ready to act around the world if necessary to help offset the adverse effects of the coronavirus? The problem with that is people might turtle up. I went to a grocery store this weekend, and every single thing in this was a bigger one. All of them were out of Clorox wipes completely out and like you'd be t- pushing your cart down an aisle and uh you go like I always like going down the wine aisle for instance and if you see like uh one area that's like totally bare you're like that's probably a pretty good wine uh you go by this one area and there's like no clorox products on the shelf you're like people are scared apple is upgraded to outperform over at Oppenheimer this morning General Electric was upgraded to neutral from underweight. Of note, one of the greatest CEOs of all times, Jack Welsh, has passed away. His legacy will be that he turned GE from a multi-billion dollar company to a really big billion dollar company. He presided at the company at a time with incredible growth, and he helped pull it together some will say that maybe his legacy was that he pulled too many pieces together when GE could have been like a broadcasting company or a power company, a power generating company, or a plane engine company. GE got into a lot of areas, so when they fell, it was messy. Robin Hood, the app. You've heard about a couple FinTech, financial technology apps out there. Robinhood is one that you can be buying and selling stocks at lunch. They're saying they're experiencing a system-wide outage. You kind of really learn what type of investors people are. When the poop hits the fan, when the times get tough, when people get stressed. Robinhood, the experience of the typical Robinhood app user, probably hasn't seen a rough bear market. I've seen enough turbulent flights and enough bear markets that I'm okay with them. But the free trading pioneer, favored by young traders, said it was experiencing an outage. Technical problems come amid the market's attempt to a, for a rebound. Some people may be saying, okay, I'm buying today because I'm going to get all my money back. And it turns out that you can't buy. So I don't mind on that. To be quite honest with you, like that's not that big of a story to me, but it is interesting, right? Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. 516 1220 calls on the air. Supreme. Oh, super Tuesdays tomorrow. Big, big get out and vote kind of day in the United States. Supreme Court says it's going to hear cases over Obamacare constitutionally. Oh, <laughs> that doesn't sound good. If you are pro Obamacare. Uh, as the courts have changed so, pretty dramatically already under donald trump so as far as the weightings of where the conservative or the liberal bias or balance lies eight hundred five one six twelve twenty 516 1220 to each calls on the air new york city has confirmed the first case of coronavirus europe has raised the risk level across the, the uh, european continent New York Times says it's seen a slowdown in ad bookings. This has the potential, and again, we talked about it last week. uh, Schools being closed for two weeks. This has that type of potential. Trump's going to host a meeting with pharmaceutical companies. I wonder how many people won't show up. Or fist bump versus the handshake. Uh, Yeah, the news isn't good. The news isn't good when you're looking at, at uh, again. There's still relatively, relatively small amount of deaths, but when you're looking at a world map at this point in time, uh, it basically covers all of North America. Not all of Central America and not all of South America, but it's growing. So eight hundred five one six twelve. I need to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Microsoft is one of the companies that if the market gets hairy, not hairy Styles, but hairy. I, it should be on your buying list, maybe, if you're looking for individual stocks. Again, keep in mind, I should say this more often than I do. The average person should own individual stocks. It's a lot of babysitting. Thus, I say, I know you're still so inclined to do it. Thus, if you do, I would take go with some big blue-chip names and try to get them on sale when the markets are down. That's two things to start with. But keep in mind, you should also have like five things or six things that you like about a company before you buy it. Those tend to be the same five or six things that you don't like about the company if it goes bad. I was just talking about Microsoft and uh, there's companies that people are questioning, will Microsoft buy? Will Microsoft buy salesforce.com? It's very, very high on the list at 170 billion dollar market cap they have the cash the more the markets go down the more we may see mergers and acquisitions um and when you hear that you're like that's pretty crazy workday is one of those human resources financial management companies um, that 50 percent of fortune 500 companies use maybe microsoft buys them i go with microsoft and this over apple because even though Apple has that business presence, Microsoft owns the corporate America offices. 800 516 to get your calls in there. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Don't forget, you can also get some great downloadables at newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. A Google scientist, probably more than one, has created something pretty cool, a robot that has walking capabilities. But what's really cool about it is the robot taught itself how to walk. Or is that like Terminator, Dark Salvation, when the machines take over? So it uses something that's tied towards deep reinforcement learning. And I know very, very little about robotics. But uh, I don't know. Something tells me this robot's going to be delivering packages to our homes down the road. So if you were to YouTube, search... A robot finding his feet or Google adorable four-legged robot. It's pretty impressive stuff to watch. It'll very much remind you of the good old days of Bambi. I know you're saying Bambi. That's right. So there is one company who I'm finding their story fascinating this year. is Walt Disney. If you take a look at the last 52 weeks, they've had everything go right for them. The Star Wars movie even though a lot of people hate it, they're like, hey, we, we went to see it. We went to a lot of Disney films last year, a lot of Avenger films, a lot of superhero films, a lot of Frozen films, all owned by the house that the mouse built. And the way Wall Street works, you hear me on a regular basis say, it's not about what you did now, it's about what you're doing in six months from now. And there was a slate of films that, you know, you could see. I didn't, uh, New Focus Financial likes to like, host like, uh, movie events of the summer, of the big season, and use it as a charitable drive for backpacks for kids at school and things along those lines. Uh, the movie slate this year was pretty rough sledding. I think they decided ultimately on something like Top Gun for the summer. Top Gun 2. And now you're saying, no, I've been in a cave. I know nothing about it. no. Tom Cruise is coming back. Yes. Okay. So, um, the big dilemma is, and again, I, I got to push this point so that it's done it in your head. Wall Street's all about the future. I don't care that NVIDIA has got this, you know, 2000 series of the uh, GPU processor. That's got 1.18 bazillion chips on the, the, the motherboard. I don't care about that. I care. Do you have the next generation? And for technology, you kind of hope that they have the next three generations, but they're only kind of hinting at the next generation. Uh, same thing with movies. Disney. Uh, Disney's got a lot of risk to me right now. And I own shares of Disney. The risk profile has gone up significantly with the end of Star Wars saga. I'm not sure Black Widow movie standalone is going to be as desirable as Aman, but I don't know. Like, they seem to have a magic touch. Black Panther was probably once considered a risk for them. Um, that turned out to be a massive reward, but I'll give you an example of like where things are going bad for Disney right now. Coronavirus in their theme parks. It doesn't take a lot to freak America's out. If you turn on the news this weekend, you probably saw a lot of people rushing to uh, Costco and video footage. And it's like a locust have been there. Clearly people want to wipe their, their butts and, uh, Have latex gloves and um, Clorox bleach. (laughs) Like, those are the things that people are buying. Soft toilet paper. Because during a coronavirus outbreak, yeah, only the best for your butt. Anyway, back to the whole point of this thing. Um, Disney, like, people may not be going to movie theaters. Depending on how out of control it gets versus the perceived in Switzerland, they're not letting more than a1,000 people congregate together, so live sporting events, concerts are being shut down. That's real economic activity. Do I think that's coming to the United States? We do love our movie theaters, but we also like our Netflix. So I, I see Disney as having some risk with people going to the movies, and then let's throw on top of it, they'll get some of that back by people signing up for Disney Plus. But let's put on the back theme parks. If you've ever wanted to see just like a little you know incubator of germs, hang out with kids. Hang out with a large group of small kids. So Disney came out with a canine adventure this year, The Call of the Wild. It was actually supposed to be for Twentieth Century Fox. Or was actually made by Twentieth Century Fox, so it was supposed to be a Fox deal and not necessarily disney but then last year disney bought them somehow this movie and i I don't understand it cost 125 million dollars to make it's a man and a dog and they're in alaska and i don't get it but the movie just pulled in 80 million globally 45 million in the u.s so it's going to lose a lot of money um It was cost 125 million to make which i still don't understand it i get it when you're starting to talk like star wars movies but even the cast is limited in the movie like star wars you have all this extras and you have all the sets i don't get it so anyway some things that disney touched turned to garbage this year and that could be i could be confident and arrogant and tell you this is the year to buy it. It's probably not. Two years ago was the year. And I told you. And it had its run up based on movies. And it had its run up based on theme parks. Look, Disney's not going to get theme parks wrong. They're going to figure it out even when it goes wrong. But the whole uh, coronavirus, you can't predict. So I don't know if they saw that one coming, didn't see it coming. There's A a lot of people are passing around some passages of a book. It was one of those spy books written basically 20 years ago and in it in the year 2020 there's going to be a wuhan 400 virus that has pneumonia-like symptoms that kills large swaths of the planet tingly right does that give you goosebumps when you hear like things like that 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air anything you want to talk about we can talk about Uh, the market is hyper focused on this at this point in time Uh, there's growing stimulus hopes fueling rebounded equities, the 10-year treasury has dropped to a i would say a concerning level that almost forces the fed to do their job and act and again almost a feather in the cap of donald trump's hat to hear me say that and say we're at the brink of wanting to see it and therefore they're going to do it and they probably shouldn't they should be worried about inflation which we could get in an inflationary environment Here's how things could get inflationary. Microsoft and um, Sony have the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox 1000 coming out this Christmas. If they're only able to open factories up at certain periods of time, and they're only able to get like the orders for 10% of that, well, they could either raise prices because they couldn't get their yields, or they could see the third market raise prices. But you, the consumer, ain't getting one of those boxes this Christmas unless you're paying a premium for it that inflationary So maybe the Fed should act. I don't know. I don't know if cheaper money at this point in time is going to do anything other than give confidence and allow big corporations to do a lot of corporate rebalancing on their balance sheets uh, juggling engineering. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com that's newfocusfinancial.com Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and your money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. One of the pundits out there just said, unless the Fed can create a vaccine or beat the virus, rate cuts won't matter. I kind of agree with that. I'm seeing more and more conversation from people who are... Taking it seriously or maybe taking it too seriously. I don't know. I'm going to let everyone figure out their own health issues, right? With that said, I'm seeing more and more of uh, people just a little bit strained and making decisions to not go out in public. Shoppers are flocking to Costco with coronavirus fears. Hold on, i got to sneeze. No, I don't have uh, coronavirus. Hold on. Oh, it passed. Um, allergies. The Bay Area has had a very, very warm uh, winter. And the allergies are becoming too fast, so you all get to enjoy mucus-filled Rob for the next couple of weeks. Shoppers are flocking to Costco over coronavirus. Analysts are expecting a sales boost. Isn't that funny? It's not funny. It is what it is. Oh, did you hear the greatest story of all? Costco's going to start policing their food courts to stop people who are non-Costco members from going to Costco for dinner. I guess I get it. If you ever joined a country club and then you see someone gets the you know, same thing for free or you do a gym and two weeks later they have this massive sale, you're a little bit better? Shoppers are lining up in throngs at Costco right now. Costco shares were up 6% this morning. Shares have rallied 37% in the last 12 months. And it's holding up better than the overall market correction. Costco historically has handled handled, uh, crazy mindsets well. Across the United States, hand hand sanitizer sales are up 73%. Um, it's interesting. It, it tells you a lot about America. If you looked Saturday morning, if you went, people were complaining about the lines at Costco. So, and it's kind of funny. They're probably trying to go get Clorox and they're probably going to get coronavirus from someone standing right next to them. I don't know. Something about Amazon delivery that feels a little bit better to me. And no, I'm not going that direction. to get your calls on the air. There was an interesting side story over the weekend, and I don't know how much you care about football, but Tony Romo signed a huge, massive deal where he's going to be the announcer on CBS Games, Game of the Week, I guess. Uh, What's interesting to note about it is he's making more money as an announcer than he did as a player. And that's got a lot of people a little bit upset. A lot of the players in the NFL, labor, they're saying, "Well, if you can afford to pay someone who's just talking about the game, not even playing the game, um, that's a lucrative payday." Deal's expected to exceed a hundred million and runs for more than five years. Starts at seventeen million per year. He was a good quarterback, I suppose. He made 127 million during his career, and he'll make another 100 million. Just talking about, not just talking. I mean, certainly, but the players are upset because they're like, "We need to collectively bargain. We need to, to shut this down if, if the people are talking about the game or making." And again, it gives back to that whole labor issue. Let's see if we can do a quick segment with CFP Chad Burton, Get a little financial planning perspective on life in the times of infectious disease. Chad, now. Certified financial planner, Chad Burton. Welcome in CFP, Chad Burton. Let's talk a little buzzword kind of thing that some of us really know a little bit about. Some of us know a lot about, you know a lot about living trusts. What do we need to know?
1: Living trusts. Okay, well, first of all, I think that um, you you have to realize that a living trust isn't necessarily a tax savings vehicle. Um, What it is is a vehicle to avoid probate costs and also to make sure your assets go where you want them to go. But your living trust can create other trusts called testamentary trusts that are created after you pass away. And those can save your family taxes or protect your heirs after you pass away. So it's very important to know what your living trust says. If you got a living trust prior to 2012, let's say, it is old and out of date, and it probably actually creates trusts at your death now that will now cost your heirs money. It will make your heirs pay more capital gains taxes. So if you have a living trust and you haven't updated it in the last two years, you uh, probably need to do a massive amendment to the trust or just start over again. Um, because, it, again, it, most of these old trusts, Rob, they have these things called uh, credit shelter trusts or bypass trusts. Correct. And unless you're a married couple of well over $11 million, you probably don't want that. Um, you probably don't need it anymore because the estate tax laws have changed drastically. And most people's trusts still have that language in there. Um, and if you end up being forced to fund it because your trust says it, your heirs will pay more in capital gains taxes. So it's it's uh, kind of a issue where trusts save families' taxes. Yeah. Until the recent law change, and now most people have trusts that will cost their kids taxes and actually complicate things, so you got to update those things i 'm going to be honest with you, this sounds miserable. This sounds like something
0: <laughs> i don 't want to do i don 't want to look into it. I want to pay you to look into it. I want someone else
1: to do it. is that do you run into a lot of that with clients
0: uh,
1: but, well yeah, absolutely i mean it 's a lot of the language that you read in there kind of puts you to sleep. Okay. Um, I really like to work with attorneys that put clear language in there. And then you can actually diagram what happens with your assets. Okay. Um, so, certified financial planners can be good at that. And then the attorneys have to be there to create the language and, and uh, actually execute the documents. But, you know, you should meet with your financial planner anywhere from one to four times a year, depending on how complicated your situation is. But you should meet with your attorney at minimum once every two years to review the documents. So it's not a one-and-done. If you've gone to a seminar and you walk away with a seminar with a signed trust document, it's a piece of garbage, shred it, put it in the garbage, and go see an, a new attorney. Because those seminar trust deals yeah. th- should be illegal, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't, some seminars really are, are pressure sales cookers and not good for people.
0: Um, like you said, you know, we've talked about this in the past, where sometimes people get a 401k, and there's suddenly a seminar for them roll it over, and let's make a a big killing on an annuity on this person. And why that stuff isn't illegal, I don't know.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, the big ones, it it comes around every time real estate cycles kind of go up or market cycles go down. So when real estate cycles were, you know, when people had all this equity in their home and you could get a home equity line of credit really easily, there was that book that was out that was uh, something fortune, I can't remember what it is, where people take a home equity line of credit, put it in this uh, life insurance policy, and and get tax-free income in retirement, Huge fees, giant commissions. And now lately it's been, oh, look, your 401k hasn't done much over the last decade because we went through the great recession. So instead, pull this money out, put it into equity index, life insurance, and look at how far ahead you're going to be. And the tax calculations are, in my opinion, criminal that, that these people show at these seminars. It's garbage. And unfortunately, Rob, they always end up closing some business at these events. You know, it's not um, only but, just the seminars though, Chad. Sometimes it's like PBS. You could turn on PBS
0: and you're like, that's a good, good that's a good television network. They're, they're in the public service, right?
1: They- yeah, they're funded by the government. So why would they have an infomercial, right? And I'm black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. How long will the markets take to recover?
0: Or how long will the markets suffer through the coronavirus is a big, looming question for a lot of people. There's good news and bad news. We've been through viral outbreaks numerous times we've been through recessions we've been through uh, high inflationary periods in the united states we've been through deflationary periods here in the world in the united states the good news and bad news here is is we have a boatload of stimulus with low interest rates on the table already And the Fed looks like they're prepared to act, as are other central banks. And I don't know what other central banks could do, because one of the reasons we kind of started getting into a slowdown in 2018-2019 was our Federal Reserve was raising interest rates to say, hey, if something down the road happens, we need to have some ammunition to fight it. So now they have the ammunition, but again, we seem to be in this cycle of we're addicted to low interest rates. It helps us afford mortgages that we probably couldn't afford at higher interest rates, It helps corporations afford building buildings and looking for smaller return on investment, return on equities. So that's out there. The stock market is not the economy, though. So we're seeing real economic activity canceled. Flights. If you've booked a trip to Asia or Australia or Hawaii, We're seeing people cancel those trips. We're seeing the use of trip insurance go up. Latest investment, latest you know uh, um, developments right now have investors pretty spooked. So, how do we recover from the coronavirus? I think it'll be more V-shaped based on low interest rates, and we also tend to have a very short-term memory. Like, do you remember when Ebola hit? Do you remember when H1N1, do you like, do you remember when Skylab, space lab was going to fall on the earth and someone was going to be under it and die? Like we tend to build up these walls of fear and then we tend to let them go pretty fast. I'm Rob Black. Don't forget. There's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at KDOW.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about. Growing stimulus hopes seems to be fueling the market short term. Last week was a brutal week. I'm pretty comfortable with brutal weeks. I posted on Facebook on my Cron 4 page a little Facebook live video. If you don't know about it, you can go to I guess Facebook and figure out groups or you can find me by going searching for Cron 4 Rob Black. Um, I post a little, like, probably a five-minute, six-minute video of just talking about the market corrections and what they mean to me and what I look for. Check it out at Facebook. China reported the weakest manufacturing PMI and non-manufacturing PMI readings on record. Their inflationary readings, uh, their going out and working, are pretty pathetic. As far as historically where the numbers have been, it's like the OECD um, had some observations over the weekend that basically said we kind of expect worldwide growth to go from 2.9% down to 2.4% this year. Now, 2.4% doesn't sound like a lot, but it's 2.4% for the United States, it, it, it's, it's okay we kind of like our growth more at 3%, but we're the United States. When you start thinking to look at like Jamaica, you're like, they could probably grow faster than us. They could probably, you know, are you a Honduras? You're like, yeah, they could probably grow faster than us. They're smaller. They, they, they got, they could like, all they got to do is open one peanut butter factory. that keep seeking out growth for that country. Like you can get kind of nutty when you're thinking about it, but 2.4% world growth isn't good. Because there's a lot of economies that are growing much, 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 much faster, including, formerly China. Um, so central banks are starting to get a little bit worried about this. And they're starting to prep, what can we do? Um, I, obviously, you, you don't want just monetary policy. You want some fiscal policy out of your worldwide leaders. Uh, you want something that people can say, we got it. Hand sanitizer sales are up 73%. The uh, top surgeon, surgeon general in the United States was pretty scathing over this week and He said, Stop buying masks. Stop wearing masks. We need those for the professionals who are the front lines. And uh, you're probably putting them on wrong anyway, so you'll die. <laughs> he didn't say that, but that is one of the funnier things that, like, the, the things that people extrapolate in stress. It's pretty entertaining. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. History is on the side of getting a roaring, not roaring, but getting a strong stock market in the short term. If you look at the history of market shocks, last week we would call that a shock. Uh, we lost a lot of points last week. Fast, we went down ten percent faster than any other period of time in history. Barring an October 2008 plunge of 14.6%, every sell-off of 10% or more that happened over five trading sessions has led to positive returns just two weeks after the fall. So statistically, we're looking for a big two-week period coming up shortly. But the problem with that is, is, I think the health threat that is the Wuhan 400 that's not the one 400 that's fiction that is the uh coronavirus it's like a developing threat so when we hear one case in new york and it probably came through italy you're like okay they're still alive they're still alive so isn't it the theory like if you see one there's a hundred something along those lines so all those people run around shaking people's hands fist bumping and wiping sanitizer on their hands. Uh, So analysis of market corrections of 10% or more over five trading days since 1990 show that equities tend to rebound in the weeks to follow. And it it can be pretty rewarding to jump in. In the wake of 9-11, and again, you're like 9-11, terrorism, people don't want to go out and shop, people were afraid of getting in groups. A lot of people were at home watching CNN to see what was going to happen. In the wake of the 9-11 tax, the S&P 500 gained 10.9% two weeks after selling off. Then it ballooned and even went higher. Um, So the silver lining to pullbacks and corrections, and do they turn into bear markets, is a whole another question. The silver lining is you're buying more stock, bonds, and real estate probably for less. You can buy real estate through the stock market, too, don't forget So the silver lining is, you know, door closes, window opens. And uh, much of the sell-off last week was about the spread of the coronavirus to the United States and its potential to disrupt economic production. Over the weekend, I think we lost two people. And again, they tend to be elderly white men uh, who have compromised immune systems at this time. So, I'm not telling you to buy the dip. You need to come up with your own solutions, your own understandings. I'm going to tell you that I continue to max out my 401k, and I continue to buy the dip. And I have a shopping list right now. If things get wildly out of hand, I gave you some of the ideas last week that I would be looking at. Tomorrow is Super Tuesday, and I should talk about that. Wednesday could be fascinating depending on the perception of, And I just want to say this, and I don't know if it's true. Biden versus Bloomberg versus Sanders. Um, All three of those would be different presidencies. Uh, So Wednesday is going to be an interesting morning. So the futures, Tuesday night around 6 p.m. You're going to see, like, Asian markets start to open up. And uh, they'll have, like, basic data on our elections. And you'll start seeing the reaction worldwide. Be a fun week. So I can't wait for Wednesday. 800 516 1220 each call on the air. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Markets are, are notably higher today, but that's after a brutal week last week. We have a long way to go, but maybe a stabilizing day or two would be nice. Keep in mind, as this story develops, the market's going to react in real time. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com.